This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Celebrity Silhouette today. Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. And on the line now is Eddie Allen. He's the VP of Beverage Operations for Carnival Cruise Line. They had a news, uh, they had some news rather over the weekend uh, down in Port Miami. So uh, you know what? We'll just go right to Eddie. Eddie, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, Doug. How are you? Good, man. You had this nice big announcement in Port Miami over the weekend aboard Carnival Magic. Before we get to that, you are the VP of Beverage Operations. What exactly does your job entail? So I oversee all beverages on Carnival Cruise Line, whether that's the cappuccino you have at Java Blue in the morning, the glass of wine you're enjoying in our dining room, or you know maybe it's the cocktail after dinner at Alchemy. I oversee the design of new bars and concepts with our design and marketing teams. I work with my team to create all of our cocktails and design our menus. And of course, I've got a great team of you know 2,500 bar waiters and bartenders throughout our fleet. So all the drinks at the Alchemy Bar, you've had your hand in it one way or another. You know, I've got a great team that I rely on, but one way or another, I always have my hands in just about everything when it comes to beverage. So talk to us about this big announcement you guys made over the weekend. So I'm super excited. You know, this Sunday we announced the launch of three of our beers throughout the fleet. We took beers, our most popular recipes from both Carnival Horizons Parched Pig um, line as well as the Thirsty Frog line brewed on board Carnival Vista. Worked with BrewHub, which is a contract brewer that helps small independent craft brewers really grow and scale their beers. And starting you know, this past Sunday, we're now offering Thirsty Frog Caribbean Wheat along with Parched Pig Amber and Parched Pig West Coast IPA on all North American ships and soon our Australia ships as well. Wow, that's really cool. So basically, you're taking all the beers that you brew on board the ships, Carnival Vista and Carnival Horizon, you're canning it up and sending it out to all of the Carnival ships. Exactly. Okay. We took our brewery team, we worked with the team over at Brew Hub, took our recipes that, you know, these are the recipes our guests know and love. We've been brewing them for a while. We have these great feedback from them, so we wanted to be able to offer them across the entire fleet. We're going to have them both in 16-ounce cans as well as on draft um, on all of our ships. I love this concept. I want to ask you, though, can guests buy the beers, like, to take off of the ship, or is there a chance we may someday, uh, someday see these beers in our grocery store? It's a great question. I, uh, an exciting question for me, too. I don't know if we're quite ready to have your local grocery store carry our beer, but we have worked with the government to ensure that we meet all compliance and needs on their part so that, you know, the sky's the limit for us. And, of course, if a guest wants to take home some beer, I highly encourage it. There's nothing better than, you know, going home with this exclusive kind of unicorn-esque beer that's only available on Carnival Cruise Line and to be able to share it with friends and family. I mean, how cool is that? I love it. It makes you want to uh, go back and book another cruise because you're out of beer. Now, will this be included in the Cheers package? All beers included in the Cheers package. All right. Of course, these will be included okay. in the Cheers package. All right. Package. I had to ask. I had to ask. I know we've got the, the Cheers loyalists out there. How did you decide which beers to focus on? And do you think you might be adding some more down the line? 
So we looked at the not only the eight beers that were brewing kind of evergreen um, between the two breweries, but also all the seasonal beers um, that we've made over the last few years. And we went with the three that are our guest favorites. You know, on Carnival Vista, the Caribbean wheat has been our number one seller since launch. And then when we look at Horizon, the West Coast IPA and Amber have, again, been our best sellers since the very beginning. These are the ones that our guests have requested. All three of them are kind of my favorites, too, which helps. <laughs> Fair enough. So the brewery concept is really popular with Carnival, with both Guy's, uh, what is it, Guy's Brewhouse and the Red Frog Pub. Can we expect to see more breweries moving forward? I'm really excited about Carnival Panorama, right? She's launching in L.A. this coming December. And she'll have Parched Pig beers available at the Guy's Fieri Smokehouse Brewhouse. What about current ships that are sailing and are being refurbished in the near future? Any chance of a brewery being installed on those? I'd like to say you never know, but retrofitting an older ship with a brewery would be a great challenge. Yeah. You know, just the amount of plumbing and equipment that goes into building a brewery on a ship, it's, it's pretty incredible. And I'm hopeful that we can retrofit ships in the future with them, but at this point, it's not something we're looking at. In closing, give us some price points for the beers served on board in the cans. Yeah, you know, we line-priced all of our beers right along with our other craft beers. Mm -hmm. um, being that they're 16 ounce, that's six fifty for a beer. Um, but we wanted to make sure they were right there in line with the Sierra Nevadas and Sam Adams of the world. So really, if you rolled up and wanted to buy a 12-pack, you could. If you'd like to buy a 12-pack, we will sell you a bucket of beer. Our buckets of beer are $2 off for four beers, and mm -hmm. that'll be extended for all of our beers as well. Um, okay. If you really need 12 of them, Doug, I'm sure we can accommodate you. <laughs> that is all I wanted to know. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> We've been talking with Eddie Allen, the VP of Beverage Operations for Carnival Cruise Line. Thanks for coming on the show, my friend. Great to talk to you. I can't wait to see you and share a beer. Jumping right from Eddie to Sherry Laskin with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So Norwegian Cruise Line's at it again, increasing gratuities. Yes, they are. And beginning April 1st for all ships, excluding the Norwegian Sky and the Norwegian Sun, because they are usually all-inclusive. Uh, if, you're, if you're lucky enough to be in the Haven or the Suites, you're going to be paying $17.99 per person per day. If you have any of the other stateroom types, the new price will be $14. 99 per person per day. Now, if you are on one of the ships that's all-inclusive, the sky or the sun, your new rates will be $23.49 per person per day if you're in the suites, and everyone else will pay $20.49 per person per day for the new pricing. It's, it's not that bad, though, really. It's gone up 50 cents um, for the standard stateroom categories since 2017, and only $1.49 for the Haven and Suite guests. So I guess if you can afford to be in the Haven or the Suites, you can afford the extra dollar forty nine. Yeah, I mean, it's in line with everyone else raising their rates. And speaking of Norwegian, one of their older ships just got a major renovation. Yes, the Norwegian Sky, all of 20 years old. Just It's a massive refurbishment. They've added eight. Well, they've added some and they've spruced up a lot of the restaurants. So there's eight eateries altogether. There's a brand new Starbucks and it's a full service Starbucks. It's not just a cup of coffee type place. They also added the Pinnacle Lounge and Sushi Bar and they have a pub called the Local Bar and Grill, which reminds me of the old um, Oceans. Yeah. Right, right. And there's an Italian restaurant, La Cucina, which is standard on their other ships. There's a Mojito Bar. There's a poolside bar called Top Ciders. 
They've added up on top the Bliss Ultra Lounge and Spinnaker Lounge, which look really beautiful from the photos I've seen. Um, all 1,002 staterooms have also been refreshed, and they're in a pretty new shade of turquoise. <laughs> the pool deck has new furniture, and they've added some shaded areas, which is really nice. And the atrium, if, you're, if you'd like to hang out in the atrium, there's new flooring, new furniture. There's a coffee bar with snacks, and they've eaten and they have even added a sitting area by the shore excursions desk. So you don't have to always stand in line and wait. So you can now sit down while you're waiting. Groundbreaking for the new Carnival Mardi Gras terminal took place in your neck of the woods. It's in my backyard, right? It was really, it was kind of fun. It was exciting. They had representatives from Port Canaveral. They had people from all the construction companies that are working on the new uh, terminal. And of course, Carnival Cruise Line representatives were there, including Christine Duffy. And they all picked up a shovel and they did three, you know, they stabbed the shovel in the ground and threw around three loads of dirt. And it really just to commemorate the groundbreaking, the new terminal is called CT3, which stands for obviously Cruise Terminal 3, but its nickname is the Launch Pad. And it's interesting if you see the pictures of it, it's all um, metal on the outside and it's constructed to resemble the rocket gantries at Cape Canaveral. Uh, it will be able to accommodate 1,800 people at a time. They're putting in a six-story parking lot, parking garage, adjacent to the terminal. And it is supposed to be ready by June of 2020. Of course, Mardi Gras, as we've said before, will be homeported there in October of 2020. And uh, it really looks like it's going to be an, an amazing pier and dock. And they're keeping It's interesting because right next door is where the casino boat parks. And they made a point when they were talking about the presentation, you know, during the presentation, that it won't interfere with traffic for people that are going on the casino boat. So I bet there was some negotiating going on there in order to take that space, which was actually built on the site of the very, very first cruise terminal at Port Canaveral. It was this round uh, uh, geodesic dome building. Mm -hmm. It could only hold a thousand people. And up until a couple of years ago, smaller ships were still docking there. But that's long gone. It's a big dirt pit right now. And it's going to be interesting to watch this thing take shape. Very exciting. Also exciting. Perfect day at Coco Cay right around the corner and a bit of a preview. It is. Now, I, I have trouble saying Coco Cay, but I will try to do it if I can. So it's a perfect day at Coco Cay in the Bahamas. It reopened on Saturday, March 16th. Not all the features and attractions are open yet and operating. So far, um, the uh, Oasis Lagoon Fresh Water Pool is open, as are the Chill Grill and Snack Shack. Eventually, they're going to have a zip line, a tethered hot air balloon experience, and they're billing this as the tallest water slide in North America. It's going to be called Daredevil's Peak, and it will also have the largest wave pool in the Caribbean. But not everything is free. Uh, if you want a half day at the Water Thrill Park, it's going to cost $39. Uh, if you want a full day, I think it was, oh, I want to, I want to, well, anyway, it's more than that if you want the full day, obviously. You can also rent, these are kind of cool looking. They, they're building an area with those Polynesian style overwater cabanas that you've seen at, at the resorts in Bora Bora and Morea. And you can rent those for a mere fifteen hundred dollars. So <laughs> that's all. There's a, there's also going to be a fee to use the private beach, and they have a, they have a fee for umbrella rentals. So there will be areas that 
they won't charge and they're totally complimentary, but there will also be the premium side of the, uh, the beach area where you will be paying to do some of these things. Last talking point here. It looks like another Holland America ship is officially underway. It is. The steel-cutting ceremony for Holland America's third Pinnacle-class ship happened over in Italy last week. The ship is set to launch in May of 21 and will be a sister ship to the new New Statendam and the Koningsdam. They haven't revealed the name of the new ship yet, but it will have a lot of the same features as the other two Pinnacle-class ships, which would include the Music Walk, Chef Rudy Soderman's Sel de Mer Seafood Brasserie, and it will also have the massive 270-degree LED screen in the World Theater. So that's underway. That should be exciting. As more new ships. Listener question today comes from Drew. Curious of your thoughts on a question we've been wrestling with since our sailing on Carnival Vista. How does tipping work in the specialty dining areas? Do you tip 15 to 20 percent like a normal restaurant? Well, Drew, yes and no. And well, for example. Um, I think you mentioned that you enjoy the um, the Fahrenheit 555, and I did look on Carnival's website because do you tip, do you not tip extra? Well, according to their website, the fee that you pay, which I think is $38, it includes a starter, the salad, the entree, dessert, and the wait staff's gratuity. It also goes on to say additional gratuities are optional and may be extended in cash or to the guest sale and sign account. Well, are you going to do that? I, you know, I think I think there's probably two camps with that. Some people immediately say, I'm not going to leave anything extra. And other people that maybe have a little more compassion um, will leave something. So you're t- 15 to 20% like in a normal restaurant. That's really generous. I think it would be totally unexpected if they received that. And it's a lovely gesture. Um, as far as extra tipping for drinks and room service and things like that, a couple dollars can go a long way. I've always, my, my shtick that I do is when I get on a ship, I'll try to find a bar that I like and where a bartender seems pretty friendly and, and doesn't ignore me. And I will just give him a 10 or a 20 right up front and make that my little cheers. So I'll go back there throughout the cruise And the bartenders really remember who tips above and beyond because, of course, there is a gratuity included when you buy a drink. Mm -hmm. But but they don't see that. You know, it's a little bitty spec that they'll get. So, yeah, if you leave them something extra, you will get a little more attentive service, I would imagine. And it's a nice gesture. No, you're right. And there there are two different camps. Um, I'm in the camp where you leave a little extra. Mm -hmm. So... Back, my, I mean, the last time I dined at a steakhouse on Carnival, I believe it was $35, and I think I threw like a $7. I said it was, what, 20%, I guess? But yeah. like you said, it is included, and um, it depends on the level of service, really. I mean, will I always tip 20%? No. Sometimes if the service is crap, I, I will at least leave a couple of bucks, but and I don't feel bad about it because the gratuity is included in that price. But, you know, a little bit extra is always nice, especially around the holidays. I think so, too. And, um, you know, they do work. Again, we'll talk about how hard they work. And and, and they don't expect, I don't think they really expect anything additional. Yeah. So when they do get something, it's a real treat. I'm curious of your thoughts on this. Weigh in, Doug, at cruiseradio.net or hit me up on Twitter at cruiseradio. We've been talking with Sherry Laskin from cruisemaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net.
When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at CruiseRadio.net. Glenn just returned on a 10-night cruise aboard Celebrity Silhouette out of Port Everglades, Florida. Glenn, what would they build this as, a southern and eastern Caribbean cruise? This was a southern cruise that okay. we decided to do. We've gone on the Solstice um ships for the past five years. We've done the reflection three times. And we had done the silhouette last year and we really enjoyed it. Although we had some bad weather, but we decided to do it again with some friends. And uh and this one went to uh the Cayman Islands, Aruba, Curacao and Bonaire. Okay, cool. So a bunch of days at sea as well. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. You had to make your way down to Port Everglades. Did you do any pre cruise stay in uh Lauderdale? No, we ended up flying in. Uh, just our schedule didn't. Usually, what we do is we fly in a couple of days early, but this year, uh, because of work commitments and stuff, we weren't able to. So what we did is we flew in the night before, and we got in. Uh, I think it was like eleven o'clock at night. So we just crashed, and the next day we woke up and took an Uber. I live up here in Canada, and at that point, when we got to uh, Fort Lauderdale, just to feel the warmth. I mean, at this point, we've had a bad winter, and I would have committed to going on a rubber dinghy on the Atlantic for nine days with a couple bottles of wine. Anything would have been awesome. (laughs) So So it was was nice to just get down to Florida and have some nice weather. So you make your way to Celebrity Silhouette. How was your embarkation process? The embarkation was uh, really good. We took an Uber over to the port, and we noticed that this was uh, a brand-new port, I guess, that Celebrity had uh, or uh, that built recently mm-hmm. you might know a little more about it but yeah it was terminal 25 they built it for celebrity edge in november and it's oh, just a I beautiful see. terminal it's an absolutely beautiful terminal the one that we had gone to the previous year was a little bit on the dated side but uh we were kind of taken aback by how nice this terminal was we arrived around 12:30 and i think we were on the ship like maybe 20 minutes later Wow. It went really quick. There, they, were, there were practically no lines at that point. Do they have the technology like where you take a picture on your phone and you're just kind of like it's frictionless where you're just kind of dinging and scanning all the way till you get on board the ship? No, we got our picture taken okay. uh, at, at the terminal. Okay. Did you check in like with your app though or did you bring a piece of paper to hand to someone? I had a piece of paper. Okay. Very good. That I printed off off the website previously, and also we had printed off the tags. Okay. Now, you're no stranger to these uh, Solstice-class ships, so what was your first impressions boarding Celebrity Silhouette? Like I mentioned, it was our second time on the ship. We had been there the previous year, and it, it just looked the same. It looked like it hadn't aged at all. We've been on the reflection, and the, the uh, Silhouette looks pretty much identical mm-hmm. to the reflection, I find, except for the pieces of art throughout the ship. So when we we walked in, we went to the Grand Foyer and we we saw that live tree that hangs in the middle. Yeah. And it's just it's for us it's kind of feels like a second home, you know. Mm-hmm. Once you get used to 
a ship when you go back. It's just, you just there's a certain level of comfort, and it was there. You know, the Solstice ships I find have a it's a mix of like both classy and modern, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just comfortable. I was going to ask so, you, like, what draws you like to the Solstice class? Is it more of the itinerary, or do you like you like the ship as well? Well, our friends introduced us to the Solstice class of ships about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was our first cruising ever. And we just loved it. So it, it's one of those, you stick to it, like, <laughs> because sure. you you know what it's like, and you enjoy it. And why not, you know, yeah. and I think for us, cruising has become this yearly winter thing where we need a mental break from the Canadian winter and from work and life. So to know that you can get on a ship, and it's comfortable, and, and you know, your way around, uh, we just enjoy it. So you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? We booked a balcony room, mm-hmm. which was on the seventh floor. In the past, we had booked a balcony room on the sixth floor. But on the sixth floor on the solstice ships, uh, you, you have an obstructed view, which we found, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice, but it was a little bit annoying on sea days. So we found that um, by paying a little more to get to the seventh floor, you, you see over that, and the view is really nice. The room itself, you know, it's, a, it's compact, but everything was clean and nice. And we usually kick into our our cruising mode, which is like when, once we get our bags, we just unload everything. And there's ample space for two people to put your things away. And then we take our empty bags and we just put them under the bed, and that becomes our dirty clothes storage area, you know, as the days go by. And, and uh Yeah loved it. Comfortable as usual. Let's talk about dining aboard Celebrity Silhouette. Uh, it will start in the main dining room. What time dining did you have and how was your experience? We went for early dining this time around. And we liked the early dining because most of the shows on the Silhouette, the main theater shows start at nine and the early dining's at six. So that gives you two hours to really Take your time. We, we we like to talk and, you know, kind of mingle with, just kind of chill out with our friends. So we take our time eating, have a couple glasses of wine. And afterwards, we, we have a routine where we take a, a stroll to digest a little bit before we go sit down. And uh, we've enjoyed that. Um, last year, I'll go back to, we had Anytime Dining. Mm-hmm. And we found with the Anytime Dining on this silhouette, it was a little bit... Uh, there, there were a few days where we had to wait, like, up to half an hour. Which, uh, you know, when you're on vacation, you you kind of don't want to be just waiting around. So we, we did like the uh, 6 o'clock time. It worked best for us. The buffet area is called the Ocean View Buffet, or Ocean View Cafe, I should say. Um, how was that? Well, I gained five pounds during the cruise. <laughs> okay. So... It was it was really good. The selection of food is is really good at the uh, buffet, and that, that's one thing I find with celebrities. They they do a great job with uh, the food selection in both the dining room and the buffet. Um, in the dining room, I had you know veal and steak and and uh, duck one day. And in the uh, buffet, my my wife and I like big salads, and there's a, a really good ample uh, salad bar with a lot of uh, barbecued meats. So yeah, we really enjoyed it. And a big selection of desserts, of course, to just self-indulge. There you go. Did you do any specialty restaurants? We did do one. We did Murano's on the first night. Mm-hmm. And that's one tip is on the silhouette. If you book right at Murano's, uh, they give you a discount on the first night. 
and I think it's a $15 discount from the usual amount that they uh, charge. Oh, wow. Um, you know, like usually we don't feel the need to go to a specialty restaurant because the food is so good in the main dining room. But when we've been on the ship in the, in the past, we, we do go to Murano's maybe once or twice during a sailing. And Murano's is just an excellent steakhouse. Highly recommend it. Have you ever ordered the lobster where they cook it, like they sear it right next to you at the table? I have not, no, no because, because I've been a sucker to that delicious steak every <laughs> yeah. time I've gone on. Yeah, so good. You know what? I have witnessed that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, they come right to your table to uh, to cook it. Yeah, they have, that's right. Well, let's talk about the entertainment aboard Silhouette. Sounds like you went to a couple of shows. Uh, how was the entertainment? The entertainment, we lucked out. We were on the Super Bowl sailing okay. of it, and that was a first for us. On Super Bowl Sunday in the main theater, they had a huge spread of food, and uh, I got to say, like, I was really impressed. They they decorated the whole place with, like, like a big football theme with, you know, the Patriots logos, and and it was was awesome to watch the Super Bowl on a ship with, like, you know, like hundreds of other football fans. It was just a, a cool experience. On the other nights, my, my wife and I are big fans of stand-up comedy, and uh, typically on, on week-long sailings, they usually have two stand-ups, mm-hmm. which they had on this one. And uh, the stand-ups did extra uh, late-night sets as well. So we, we got to see each stand-up twice, which was fun. Now, as for the shows, there's a couple of uh, Cirque du Soleil light-style shows that they have that are good. But we had been on the cruise previously, and we had seen them, so we opted out from those shows. What we did enjoy, though, is in the ensemble lounge, small lounge, Martini bar style of uh, area on the ship, they usually have uh, solo entertainers or jazz performers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find it's, it's awesome to just kind of have a drink and, and watch laid back musicians play. And they usually do uh, a set every hour. So we, we find ourselves there often that night just to kind of chill out and have a few drinks. With the comedy shows, are, are those held? Like, I know some cruise lines have their own dedicated comedy lounge, like Carnival has the Punchliner Comedy Club. And one of the other cruise lines have, I think it's called like Headliners. Um, are the right. comedy shows in the main theater on this ship? They are in the main theater, okay. yes. So plenty of seating and, and all that. What I've noticed on the celebrity ships is often – They'll do an, a late night set, which is uh, not kid friendly, and those sets often run maybe at ten thirty at night, and they'll be at other locations in the ships sometimes, or in the main theater. You just kind of have to follow it, mm-hmm. and often uh, they're just added on depending on the comedian. They if he's willing to do a second set, I guess I'm not sure how they work it out contractually with the comedians. But uh, on this sailing, uh, both comedians did late night sets as well. But on this sailing, they happened to be both in the main theater for the second sets as well. You mentioned uh, there was some music in the Ensemble Lounge. Any other music around the ship that really stood out? You know, we spent so much time there that uh, we noticed that uh, there's a couple of karaoke things going on, which I usually participate in, but I didn't on this sailing. In the main foyer, there's usually a band that plays and people dance. We're more like sit back and relax and have a few drinks type of people, so... Mm -hmm. uh, we we kind of stuck to that, um, but uh, and also there was a there's a couple parties that took place outside with DJs. Mm. Okay, there's a white a white night I think I believe on the last night that had you know maybe a, a couple hundred people show up. 
how was the ship on sea days as far as crowds and congestion? Sea days, I find the upper deck to be a little bit crowded, and I tend to stay away from the upper deck. That's one of the joys of having a balcony, I find, is on sea days. My wife and I typically just grab a book and we, we kind of chill on, on the balcony and just catch up to reading. And I guess I've got the skill of being able to just stare at the ocean for two straight hours, which drives my wife crazy. <laughs> but it's, it's such a great way to relax. For the rest of the ship, though, around the pool area, I do find it quite congested. And uh, so I usually stay away from it. Yeah, but the rest of the, sh- the rest of the ship, though the flow of it indoors is is it's pretty empty. I, I want to go back to the dining flow. for a second, Glenn. What, were there any spots like along the like the main promenade where you could grab a bite or a snack or anything throughout the day? There's the Boca. Is it the Boca Cafe, which is on the fifth floor, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the wine restaurant, uh, I, I don't recall the name, is also open. And there are also bars that are opened, and, and the cafeteria is typically opened all day upstairs. Uh, not the cafeteria, but the buffet area. Mm. So if you really want to grab a snack, you can just. That's what we'll usually do: is run up there and grab a bite. What was the smoke situation like? Uh, actually, celebrity is non-smoking, isn't it, in the casino? It's non-smoking. Yeah, in the that's casino. right. Forgot about yeah. that. Okay. Good. Yeah, the only the only place where you'll see the smokers is on the fifth floor deck. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I do on sea days is I I usually I'm one of those guys who likes to get his ten thousand steps every day. That's one thing about the Solstice ships is I wish they had a deck that went all the way around the ship. So this one, the deck on the fifth floor really only does half the ship, and then on both sides, and there are seats where you can sit down, and those are really not busy during the day so you can go and sit down and relax i've kind of mapped out a little bit of a walk that's half indoors and half outdoors to to get my steps during the day but uh, that's that's one thing i do miss from other ships is not having that walkway that goes all the way around because i find it to to walk on at the upper deck it's just way too congested to get uh, from the front to the back and to kind of go around how do you track your oh. your steps I've got one of those Fitbit, Fitbit devices, yeah. so I try to get my 10,000 every day. Yeah. yeah. I guess, you know, if if I got up early, I could have done it at 8 o'clock in the morning or whatever without an issue. But, uh, one, you know, one of the joys of cruising is also sleeping in. <laughs> right. No uh, no gym time? Not this year. Usually I do. This time around, I don't know what, what's gotten into me, but I was just <laughs> so lazy on, on this cruise. I just wanted to chill out. I, I decided you. not to. I also hurt my back last summer uh, mm-hmm. on the ship, believe it or not, oh. uh, at the gym. So oh, well. it, it, uh, working on equipment that I'm not used to. Yeah. And I did something to my lower back. So this time around, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to take ten, nine days off and just relax. There you go. So you, you had a laundry list of ports here. So what we'll do is just go, um, go through each port one by one and just give us a highlight, then move to the next one. Okay. Our first port, we had a sea day, then we got to the Cayman Islands. This was our third visit to the Cayman Islands, and uh, we love the Cayman Islands. We find that it's one of the nicest beaches. We go to Seven Mile Beach, mm-hmm. which is a 10-minute cab ride away. So you can just ask to go. I think there's a small resort called, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's called Palm Resort, that you can get into for a couple of dollars. Mm-hmm. And they've got a, a, a beach bar with Wi-Fi. So usually what we do is we take a cab there. We 
go to this place. We will have they have really great pina coladas, by the way. If you ever have the opportunity, delicious. And uh, we chill on the beach, one of the nicest beaches in the Caribbean, I find. And uh, the, the water is really like calm, and you can just swim and relax. And we we find like the Cayman Islands is just a relaxed day for us, and we love it. So we did that. On the second day, we we did a sea day, and afterwards we went to Aruba, which was our first time. And uh, we decided to make it a beach day as well. So we went to Eagle Beach, okay, which is I think it was about 15 minutes away with a cab, and we were able to grab a cab right at the port. And again, Aruba, beautiful beach, uh, not too busy, relaxed, there are nice little beach bars. So we spent the day there. And this is where I had a a little bit of an adventure that I'd love to to share. We took a cab, well, we jumped into a cab to try to get back to the port. And I had been out of the water for at least two hours and drying up. So my wife and our friend sat in the back seat, and I sat in the front seat with the driver. Now, as I sat down, I closed the door, and then she said, is your bathing suit wet? So I replied, well, not really, because I've been out of the water. And then, then she, she, like I got up, and it was, it was, the seat was dry. Mm-hmm. But she was like, no, it's wet. And it then started to argue with me that it was wet. Oh boy! And I was like, "No, it's it's like touch it. It's it's, it's not <laughs> wet. It's dry. It, like it didn't make any sense." And then she said, "You're gonna owe me a hundred dollars to fix my seat because it's wet." I was like, I instantly knew that she was trying to scam me. So she took out a binder, which is a photocopy of a photocopy. And it said, it says the rules are you have to pay $100 if you sit with a wet bathing suit. Well, I was like, my bathing suit isn't wet. Oh, boy. And so my friends got out immediately because they knew what was going on. So I walked away from the situation. And then she's like, come back, come back. You're, you've ruined my business. <laughs> and, uh, and it got into a, like a kind of like a heated, uncomfortable situation. I said, listen, call the police because uh, I'm, I'm being scammed. And uh, so anyway, she got on the phone and I, I don't, it, it was almost as if she was pretending to get on the phone. So then I said, you know, lady, I'm walking away. So I, I, I told my wife and our friends, let's go to the beach. Let's walk away from this. We'll just grab in our cab. So she chases me down. She gets, she, she starts accusing me. And I'm like, then I, you know, I was like, it became a scene because there was a bar there and there were a lot of people looking at me like I had robbed her. (laughs) So anyways, I turned around and then I started screaming back because at this point, like my tolerance level had, you know, and I'm like, listen, lady, it's it's like you're trying to scam tourists and (laughs) like stop it. And I, anyways, I had a few choice words in there. Mm -hmm. So this is just a word of warning. I I checked online afterwards and I guess this is a common scam that takes place in Aruba. So just to be aware that if you get into a situation like that, like often the amount of money that they start off with a hundred dollars is just a negotiating ploy to get an extra twenty bucks out of you. Oh wow. So it's just be careful when dealing with those type of situations. So anyways, we walked down the beach, we got away from there and then we jumped into a, another cab and got back uh near the port. And near the port in Aruba there are a bunch of restaurants. So we went and we had a, a couple of drinks and kinda of laughed at the whole thing at that point. <laughs> but when you're in the middle of it, and also, <laughs> you never know what a, a, a police situ- 
like a legal situation might be in another country. Mm-hmm. So it was the type of thing, like I was just trying to avoid the whole situation. So anyways, just a, a beware in Aruba because this is a common scam that cab drivers are trying to pull off on tourists. Yeah, you don't want the whole locked up abroad thing happening to you. No, yeah. no. I hear A little adventure. Eagle Beach is a cool. Did you go to that rum bar on Eagle Beach? I yeah. did. Yeah, that's, that's a cool exactly place, where huh? the cab picked us up. It's fun there. So after Aruba, where'd you go? Our next stop was Curacao, and Curacao was uh, just amazing. That was the first time there as well, and we really just spent the day exploring the town and uh, walking around. Just a, a beautiful place. Uh, we didn't do anything. We didn't take any tours or anything like that. We just walked around, took it all in, and had a meal there, and and then spent the day there. It was it was awesome. I'd, I'd love to go back there and maybe take a tour and get to see a little more of the island. Was um, that Scientology ship docked in Aruba when you were there? Which one? It's that Scientology ship that they own, and they take it back and forth between the ABC islands because that's, that's all they're allowed to go with it because it has it's like filled with asbestos and everything. I, uh, I think it's called no. a sea wind or something like that. Did not notice that, no. Yeah. Just, wow, really? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. Anyway, uh, so after, after Curacao, wow. where'd you go? Our final stop was Bonaire, mm-hmm. which, which I would describe as a small Curacao. It's a very small island. What we did there is we had some credits to, to burn. And uh, since it was our last port, we decided to book uh, a Typically, we don't do this, but this time, because we had credits to, to burn, we went through Celebrity to book a day tour that took us around the island. And uh, it's, a, it's a small island, but I, I found it really interesting to, to go around. We had a really great tour guide, which can make or break yeah. one of those tours, but she was excellent and took us to a whole bunch of spots around the island and uh, like a, a live flamingo sanctuary on, on the other side of the island. Mm-hmm. You can see them just swimming and flying around and it was it was just an awesome day spent in Bonaire really enjoyed it I've been told it's a, an excellent place to snorkel it's one of the best islands apparently in the Caribbean to snorkel at so maybe you know if we ever find our way there again we would uh, consider doing that when we get off the interview Google free winds that's the ship I was telling you about not sea winds it's a uh, some weird weird stuff happening on that ship you know what I did see that as yeah. we left the port I do remember that. I think I saw it in Aruba. They can only do that triangle there because of uh, what's wrong with the ship, I guess. But it's, yeah. So it, it's like a 1,500 people? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, I think it was built in the 60s. So it's, it's definitely an older ship. It's a big white ship. It's kind of an eyesore, actually. I did see it. It's got a deck in the back. It does, a big pool deck in the back, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did see that ship on the way out. I'll have to send you a picture. I have a picture of when I was on Carnival Vista dock next to it. Their ship was like 30,000 tons and ours was 133,000. So it just like dwarfs it. It's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty cool picture for, for uh, perspective. Uh, so you make your way back to Port Everglades. How was your debark process? The debark was great. My wife and I, we're Canadian and we have the, this thing called Nexus Cards which basically gives you access to uh, TSA pre-check at airports. And by using those uh, Nexus cards, we can actually get into a TSA pre-check line at the port as well. So it allowed us to kind of skip the main lines and go right into this kind of like quick line. And it took us maybe five minutes to get off. 
So it, it was great. Okay. Having that Nexus card was really handy. Yeah. Looking back on this cruise, do you have any first-time tips to offer for anyone who is sailing or maybe considering sailing Celebrity Silhouette or a Solstice-class ship? One thing I did notice is the price of internet on the ship has gone up a lot. The price on our sailing, I think it was about 20 bucks an hour, and if I'm not mistaken, was $49 a day if you purchased it on the ship. I find that's gouging the customer, <laughs> yeah. personally. If you need internet, like usually when we go on a sailing, we, we typically try to take a break from the internet as well. But if you do need internet, try to book it as a perk when you book your sailing. Yeah. Uh, often Celebrity has deals where you have like one or two perks, including a, a beverage package. You might want to consider getting the internet as one of your perks if you really need it because it's super expensive on the ship. Another tip, too, is the the ship has a really extensive collection of art. And on a sea day, if you're into art or took art history in, you know, in college, you might want to take a little tour around the ship because the, the, their art collection is pretty extensive and it's pretty cool. And uh, I think you can get a guide from them to kind of give you a history of all the pieces on the ship. Well, in closing here, Glenn, your final thoughts of Celebrity Silhouette. We loved it. Last year when we went on the ship, we had really bad weather, and my my wife got norovirus. So it was an absolute write-off of, of a cruise. And it's it's strange how, by giving it a second chance, how different an experience you can have on the same ship. So, you know, I guess the thought here is if you have a bad time, Sometimes, like, trying it a second time, it'll go a lot better. And and for us, it did. We we had just an absolutely great cruise. And also, the the collection of islands on this one, if you have a chance to go to Curaçao, Aruba, Cayman Islands, and Bonaire, not a dud in there. Like, we really enjoyed them all. You know, I, I wanted to jump in when you were talking about Grand Cayman. One thing I like about that island is that when you're on the beach, there's not people trying to sell your crap, you know? No one's bothering you. Yeah. No one is bothering you in Cayman. Like, it's really chill. The whole island's like that, I find. Yeah, yeah, very good. Well, we've been talking with Glenn about his nine-night sailing on Celebrity Silhouette going to the Southern Caribbean. Glenn, thanks for being on the show, my friend. My pleasure. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.